This uh, message today is the last in the series, and it is uh, the most uh, challenging to preach. So I'm just going to ask you to stand with me as I deliver my heart for this message, because this is very confrontational to the powers of darkness. This message will expose the lives of the enemy and some of your lives, and it will liberate many of you and enable you to be able to move in the Spirit of God and feel free to be at liberty in your relationship with the Lord. It is a message of hope and it is a message that God answers prayer. How many of you believe God answers prayer? Amen. Amen. He hears your prayer. He answers your prayer. Every time you pray, God hears that prayer. Every person in this room, God is going to speak to in some way. If you will humble your heart right now, as I ask for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to come upon us, and you allow your heart to be receptive, God will speak to you today in an affirmative way. He will do that from in the balcony, all of you in the balcony, and those of you here from here to back there, God will speak to all of us. If you've been praying for miracles in your life and saying, God, I, I need a breakthrough, let God speak to you. God has a breakthrough. That is a cliche that, that's been well used. I'm not I don't use it often, as you know, but I believe that some people need an absolute breakthrough. But before you're going to get a breakthrough, you're going to need a break up. That is a break up in your spirit, plowing the fallow ground so that God can impregnate you with the divine anointing and a new word in your life. There's some prayers that you have prayed that some of you think that God's not going to answer them and you have forgotten them. You have forgotten them. And God says, I don't forget anything. I remember every single prayer. Last week, we had old Daniel is in his 80s in the lion's den. He's much older than that now in the text we're going to use this morning. Daniel has stood firm on his approach to God and in his prayer with God all those decades. You might remember in week one, he was, of course, the servant to King Nebuchadnezzar. But he rose in the ranks and he became, of course, the individual that was right under in Darius's rule, right under Darius. You remember that. Nebuchadnezzar, of course, of course, uh, just literally destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and took some of the best Jewish young men into his kingdom just to serve him. Now, what we read about is Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and, and Abednego, of course. We, we read about those. But there were hundreds, thousands of young Jewish guys who Nebuchadnezzar captured that did grunt work, that just simply served him. Daniel's prayer was, God have you forsaken us? God, will you restore the temple? Will you, in fact, rebuild the temple? Will there be a time? I am believing, God, I've been praying and fasting that you draw your people back to Jerusalem. Will that time ever take place? And about the moment, like many of us, when you think, God heard my prayer, now God's beginning to heal it looks like we're getting a ray of light in. The report from the doctor seemed to be better. It seemed like, boy, we're, we're being acknowledged on the job. <laughs> and it might be that, that we're in to get, we're going to get a little raise or something. And, and it's looking good. And God, I, I really want to thank you. And Daniel was beginning to feel that way. And then, like many times in our own lives, he received a vision he had a visitation of an angelic being 
And that vision that he had said, no, things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. Things are not going to get easier for you, Daniel, and the people. It's going to get more difficult. Oh, I know you paid your tithe, and I know you're going to church, and and I know that you're honoring God, and I know you're in a small group, and I, I know you love strawberry shortcake, but it's going to get more difficult on you. Daniel thought, what now? How am I going to manage that? And we take the story of Daniel and we find out how he managed it. And God will speak to us and say, this is how you manage it. Daniel declared a 21-day fast. I'm going to fast for 21 days. Now, we have a fast here, fasting and praying for 14 days. A fast that we believe, and I believe that God sharpens our spiritual skills, that God draws us closer. We're able to see in a little different uh, perspective. I call it supernatural perspective. We begin to be more positive about, God, you might actually come through here after fasting and prayer because it does positively affect you. Daniel's 21-day fast and said he had no fragrant lotions on him. What that means, if you study it carefully, it said he did not take a bath. What you smell was not a lotion. It was body odor. And there's nothing more rank and putrid than sweaty body odor. How do you feel about that? That's the truth. No bath. Well, he had a vision of unbelievable proportion. And in Daniel 10, an angelic being came to Daniel in that vision, i.e. dream, and spoke to Daniel. Jesus appears, of course, in the New Testament in bodily form. We know that. We know the Bible says that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they were there in the foundations of the earth, nothing new there. In the Old Testament, Christ appears, it's called Christophany. Christophany, when Christ appeared, of course, out of that Old Testament. And some say, some scholars say, hey, Jesus never appeared, never showed up in the Old Testament. However, there are some great biblical scholars that say, oh, yes, he did. And this is one of those places. And it was Christophany that that's the word that's given in this incident. And so if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of Jesus. So I'm going to tell you, I believe with other biblical scholars that it was Jesus and we're in agreement. We're in disagreement with others. But again, if I err, it's kind of like the Sunday school teacher said, okay, class, watch Brown has a fluffy tail, runs up trees and eats nuts. One hand shot up and said, uh, Jesus. She said, no, son, it's a squirrel. He said, well, it sounded like a squirrel, but I figured God would want me to go with Jesus since I'm in Sunday school. <laughs> so since I'm in church, I'm going to go with Jesus. Is that okay? Now, here's the vision. Daniel 10, verse 5. And I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left my face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking as I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me, 
and set me trembling on my hands and knees. In this moment of believing, I was left alone with a vision, just me. Others left. I saw it. You know, there's sometimes that Jesus reveals himself just to you in certain incidences. There's sometimes when you're pressing in to the bosom of the Lord Jesus Christ that the power of the Holy Spirit might overwhelm you. You can look around you and you think there's a crowd of people around me now. But I can tell you that in the midst of your loneliness that God can come in and give you a special visitation. You know, we've been followers for some time, and I'll make this simple, how God might reveal something to you. You might be reading the Bible in your daily devotions or seated here in church reading your Bible, and all of a sudden you see something in Scripture. And that Scripture jumps out at you, and God speaks to you because you never saw this all the other times that you read the Bible, what you just read maybe a hundred times this time, though. God revealed it. And you came to the realization, well, I've never seen that before. How did that take place? God came and revealed it to you as you were honoring him. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we are visited by the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see, I want you to know that there are times that we can be overpowered by the passion and the love of Jesus Christ. Now, others around Daniel did not experience that, but it was the moment he knew he was hearing from the Lord in the power of a vision. And so here's what I've been praying for in this message. I'm asking God to give a visitation to some of you. I'm asking you to let your mind be captured in this room. I'm asking you to say, God, speak to me. I'm asking you to say, God, don't let me be afraid today. Let me capture my mind. Let me capture my imagination But God, because you know that I need a miracle. God, you know I have some fears that just lurk out there, and I'd like their voices hushed today. Please speak to me. You see, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to singe the unbelief of some of you in this room and give you a clear path in the holy presence of Almighty God. You're going to know that you know that no matter what happens in your life, God has everything under control. You are not going to die this afternoon. You are not going to die next week. God is going to be with you. He is not going to leave you. He is not going to forsake you. You are not going to be homeless. Your rent will will be paid. God will bring healing into your life, and God will reveal that truth to you today. It will happen. (laughs) Daniel said, my strength left me, and my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. How many of you have got that part down? You felt down, you felt pale, you felt weak, you felt like, God, what's happening? And then, here it is, and then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. There have been many people through the years that have been what we call slain in the Spirit. It means that you're overwhelmed by the power and presence of Almighty God. It means that at times in your prayer time around the altar, that God just so overwhelms you that you just weep and often shake and tremble because God has got his hand on you. I have witnessed many individuals who when they came to the Lord Jesus Christ, it took time for God to eradicate all that sin, to change their mind, to get them out of the, out of the dungeons and the pit of sin and bring them into new life. And that was a moment that God said, I tell you what, I'm going to work you over and I'm going to keep you right there until you know that you know you have been changed. There are too many today that say, oh, I came to know Jesus Christ. Yeah, I 
have found him and they get up and their behavior has not changed. I want you to know, friend, that's not redemption. When redemption hits you, God will visit you and the anointing of God will change your behavior and you'll know something happened to you. Far too many churches today pitter-patter, now lay me down to sleep and that kind of stuff and expect change. And that's why the church, listen, friend, that's why the church has been corroded by individuals who want to play religion and do not want the true power of repentance through the blood of Jesus Christ functioning in their lives. You're going to have to help me preach this morning. You'll understand that being slain in the Spirit We know God can overwhelm us and literally visit us. I've seen the altars before of individuals who were touched so dramatically it changed them. I watched a young teenager one time. I've seen many, but this one I'm talking about this morning, 14, 15 years of age, foster child abused in many of the homes grown men sexually abusing her, individuals doing things to her that's unheard of. She could not look you in the eye. She would pale and turn red. She was quiet, and you knew something was going on. You knew something was going on in her head, and you knew if you were around her long, it wasn't just a psychotic or psychological challenge she had. You knew in the deep of her, there was a control that had attacked her body, and at 14, not being raised in church, she did not know what to do. But I want you to know in my prayer time on that Sunday night, God revealed her to me. I saw her face. I called my church board in before service. I said, listen, When the altar hits tonight, I believe something supernatural is going to take place. I called her name. I want you to be prepared. I want you in that altar. And if you've got any sin in your life, you ask God to forgive you because I promise you we're going to do warfare tonight. And that point came when she came down and oh she was going through the motions and I walked up to her under the authority of Jesus Christ I called her by name and I said listen the demon that is bound you her voice changed it got gruff it became so hoarse and she spoke back two men my board was on her arm I watched her raise them up with no strain right off the ground and I said God in Jesus name I plead the blood over you. I rebuke the devil. I declare, Satan, you will come out of her. And when I saw that, I saw a change. Her body went limp. She hit the floor and began to speak in a language not her own because God delivered her. She stayed there for hours and hours. You see, does that really happen? Let me tell you something. There are people today that their behavior is not just misbehaving. It comes from a seed seeded right out of the pit of hell. And the church is the only power that says you will not take a person, a person, or a child of the church and put them through that. We bind the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, I want you to see the power that Daniel has in this visitation in his life. He said, I am face down. I had a friend who loved to party. He loved to drink. He loved the women. He loved every part of the party life. He would say, I love sinning. I enjoy women. I enjoy drinking. I enjoy, and he was in a frat party one night. He wasn't raised in a Christian home at all. He was raised in an unchristian home. His mom and dad had money. They sent him money. He had his own credit card. But in that frat party, listen to me carefully, God said, I've got a different plan for you. You don't even know who I am. You very seldom ever darken the door of a real church. 
but I have a plan for you. And God spoke to him. He had no idea who was speaking or what was happening. The only thing he knew, he said, I had to run out the door. He said, I ran out the door and ran out to the football field on the university that he was going to and fell face down on the university uh, football field. He said, I could not raise myself. I had no idea what was happening to me. I had cursed. I had drank. I ran around with everything that I could, but something had his hand right on me and called and said to me, you will not get up until I release you. Oh, he cried out as Saul did, as the apostle Paul, what is it? He said, I am the God that you have rejected. He said, oh God, if you're the God that I rejected and you are real, I never take took you seriously. I want to give my life. He said, at that moment, he said, I don't know what happened to me. I didn't even know how to pray a sinner's prayer. But I remember saying, God, if you're real, come into my life. And he said, when that happened, my whole life changed. God redeemed him. He got up after God got through. He pastors today a church of thousands and thousands and thousands. Why? Because God said, I have a purpose for you. Listen to me carefully, friend. God has a purpose for every one of us. And when we begin to come to the realization, I know this message is something you haven't heard, but it's a message the church needs to hear. God said, I'm not done. He heard that audible voice. I'm healing you. I'm delivering you. I'm rescuing you. The question is, how did Daniel stand so strong in all those years? How did he believe that the cusp of of revival and anointing was coming and things got worse before he knew it? Let me give a couple of points. Here they are. You always need to remember that God cares about you more than you do. Let me say it again. God cares more about you than you care about yourself. If you think you're going anywhere, but what God doesn't know where you're going, you're wrong. If you think you're going to do anything that God doesn't know what you're doing, you are wrong. If you think you can hide in the shadows where God and nobody else can see you, you are dead wrong. If you think you can go find a rock and crawl under it, God has already been there. If you think you can run and do the Jonah testimony, I want you to know when you get there, you're going to find his presence has beat you to your place of destination. Talk to me, church, if you believe that. Daniel 10.10, just then a hand touched me. And lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and my knees. In other words, he's saying that when you're down and when you're out and when you're face down and when you feel the holy presence of God, God will reach down and and lift you up. I don't know about you, but I have ran all the psychological phrases. I've run the gamut of the enemy taunting you. And by the way, you can know if you're trying to do halfway right, as long as the devil's taunting you, you're in pretty good safe position. Amen? He doesn't taunt or bother people that he already has. So if you're having a tough time, if the enemy's trying to trick you to believe something that's contrary to the Word of God, stand your ground. Amen? If you're down and you think you're down for the count and that's the lie of the enemy, you're not done until God says it is over. Forget the fat lady. God existed before she was ever born. Sometimes God lifts us up, lifts and reaches down and touches us. There's an old hymn that says this. I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me. Now safe 
how my, here's the chorus, sing with me. Love lifted me, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Some of you have been down and you've been down too long because of the lies of the enemy. And the Holy Ghost is coming in right now, reaching out with his word and say, it's time you got up, amen. Shake off those things that continue to lie to you. Shake off that disease. Shake off that unbelief and get ready to be lifted up because God's anointing is in the house today. He said this, I will lift you up. Why? Because you are precious to me, turn to your neighbor and say, you're so precious. You're so precious. You know what precious means? You are valuable. God said, you're precious to me. You are valuable to me. Well, God, I don't have any talent. I don't sing. I don't do this. But you know what? Everybody, I don't care if you don't have a talent or whatever the case, everybody knows how to pray. You're valuable to me. We understand that many people who are precious that I love, Sharon's precious. I love her. My kids are precious. I love her. My mama's precious. I love her. Precious. God said everybody is precious to him. He looks at us with the same kind of love as a, as a father looks on his children. He says, stand up for I have been sent to you. And when he said that to me, I stood up trembling. I had a man one time in one of my pastorates whose wife had gotten filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe with initial evidence of speaking in tongues, that's the prayer language. He said, Pastor, I'd like to have that gift. He was a businessman. He said, but I want to have to go through all that crazy stuff. I just like quietly and gently for me to get filled, have that language. Is that right? That's right. Well, I tell you what, you seek the Lord. No telling what God might do. One Sunday night, did you hear me? One Sunday night. I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He came down. He prepared himself and positioned himself in the altar. Fully both knees transplanted on the floor. Arms here. I went over to him. I anointed him with oil. When I anointed him with oil... The power of the Holy Spirit came over him in a way that he didn't want. And he began to raise his hands and he began to tremble. And he began to speak in an unknown tongue, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he spoke and he spoke and he spoke. Everybody left the service. It was over. He was still down in the altar speaking. He had fallen on the floor because he'd been slain in the spirit. And I turned to those of us that's left. What are we going to do with him? We got him up. We led him out of the church and put him in my car. He could not say a word of English. He would look and smile and try to say thank you. He could not because God said, let me tell you something. It's going to be my way and my way only. If you think you can dictate how I'm going to move on you, you are dead wrong. My friend, all night long, God had him filled with that language. His wife called the next morning and said he can't even say hello this morning, Pastor. Well, let me 
tell you what he got. He got what we call a good old anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, that was back then. It's old-fashioned. You know what will straighten out government today? It's when the church gets filled with power and the anointing and says, we will not tolerate what you're trying to feed us anymore. We will lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of the Lord. The church wants to dictate we like it the way that we like it. God said, no, you're going to do it the way I say. Anybody y'all with me out there? Anybody plan on sticking around? I'm about to wrap up. I've been waiting on y'all all morning long. Number two, God's doing more than you understand. He's doing more than you understand. I was preaching in Haines City. I've used this illustration. It's true. I was pastoring a church, and the pastor said, I'd like for you to come and do a revival for us. I'd be delighted. We got you, Brother Blackburn, because we don't have any money to pay you. I said, that's what you call a love offering. More love than offering. <laughs> want you to preach. I was preaching. I've been there for a week. I was tired. I met the pastor's daughter. And you could tell when you looked at her, she was probably 20. She wasn't happy. She didn't like church, didn't like coming to the church. Nothing. But she had influence among others, some of the young people. That Saturday night, the church was packed. I mean packed. I began to preach. Part of me was saying, I'll be glad when this is over. I'm tired. I'm preaching. And probably one or two people that whole week had hit that altar. And I knew this place is being played with by the spirit of darkness. And a breakthrough is the only thing that's going to happen. God, I need to see that breakthrough. I'm giving it everything I got. I got into the message. All of a sudden, Lightning struck somewhere close to that church. The lights didn't flicker off. They went dead off. I'm telling you, when that happened, several streaks would light up the inside of that. And I, I thought, oh, my Lord, have mercy. It interrupted the service. I said, folks, just pray. This will pass in just a minute. And sure enough, probably five minutes later, Five minutes later, the light did come on, and when they came on, there's the old preacher's daughter right smack dab in the middle of the floor. There's all of her other little friends that were with her. This side of the church was filled with people calling out to God, and we started a revival there in which God loosed the powers of darkness, and it was in that one person. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, friend. We're not in the business of just saying we have a church. We're in the business of seeing people redeemed by the power of God and God delivering and healing and anointing them. And sooner or later, we have to say to darkness, no longer do you have a place. Amen. God's up to something more than you understand. Verse 12, he commanded, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the, get this, since the first day you set your mind to understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I've come in response of them. Do you know what he just said? Daniel, the first prayer you ever prayed, I heard it. The first petition you ever made, I heard it. So I say to you, every prayer you've ever prayed, God said, I've heard it. I'm telling you, my friend, every prayer you prayed for a lost family member, God has heard it. 
I'm telling you the prayer you prayed for revival in your life, God has heard it. I'm telling you that God has heard your prayer about your finances, about your marriage, about your financial difficulty. I'm telling you God has heard your prayer. But listen carefully. There is a force that is beyond control of mankind that Daniel runs into. Sharon and I will be watching news and I'll see some story. I'm not one of those to believe there's a devil behind every bush. I don't preach that. I think there's two or three usually. <laughs> but I will say to her, that right there is demonic. That is not of God. That has a demonic source. Daniel's praying, God, what happened? He's down all of a sudden, the Lord lifts him up. And he says to him, I've heard your prayers. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. This is that angelic host. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia, the king of Persia representing the demonic forces of darkness that interrupted, that interrupted the help of Almighty God to come to heal and deliver and to answer the prayer of Daniel. And so he said, hey, I sent Michael, the archangel, to deal with this Persian influence. Now, Daniel, I am now in visitation talking to you. Listen to me, friend. Cancer is not your God. It does not have authority over you. It is from the pit of hell, and the God of God is able to heal and deliver you and dry it up in Jesus' name. Well, what do I do about the little voice in the back of my head that says it's going to kill me? You say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You are a liar in Jesus' name. And then you pick up and I, I, you pick up and you keep moving forward. Well, God, if you were going to do something, you had plenty of time to be able to do it. Oh, but God, we prayed, my friend prayed, but they died. Dying is not so bad. Speak directly to your heart as a precision surgeon functioning and operating on the vein and the cavity of your heart. God has something to say to you. He's saying the first time you prayed, the first time you got the word, the first time the sickness, the first time the trauma hit you, I heard you cry to me. I've not forgotten your cry. I've not forgotten your prayer. There's some things that's gotten in the way, but today is the day God is saying to all of us and online, today is the day that we look into the face of darkness and say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. My function is faith, and I am moving forward by the grace of God. The first time you prayed for healing, God heard. The first time you prayed for your child, God answered prayer. He answered prayer. For 21 days, the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my, blocked my way. That's why the apostle Paul says, those spirits are there. In Ephesians 6, he says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. In other words, what you see in the physical is not all there is. But right now in this service, I promise you, the devil came to church today. He's not afraid of our worship. He's not afraid of going to church. Matter of fact, the devil is at church when you're not. He shows up. 
And you know why? To be persuasive and to manipulate and to lie. But you know what our shield is? Our shield is the blood of Jesus Christ that is placed in play by our faith in Jesus' name. Don't ever believe, don't ever believe that God is not working even though you cannot see him. You see, he said, I left Michael there to deal with the, per, the, the prince of Persia to come and answer your prayer, Daniel. So don't let this shock you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Now listen carefully. God will speak to you before this service is over. Because some of you have been tormented, tormented by fear. Some of you are bound by alcoholic social drinking. You can't get rid of it. Some of you are bound by pornography. Some of you are bound by deep, deep insecurity. Some of you have been abused and you can never tell anybody about. And some of you live and walk in fear. And today is the day that God has said, I came to liberate you, to heal you, to anoint you, and to put you on a path. And listen carefully. And the Holy Spirit speaks. Some of you are walking by faith in giant steps of faith. Listen to me carefully. Expect, expect the enemy to show up before long to try to stop you in your forward walk. And here's what God is saying to you today. Don't wait until he shows up. Bathe yourself and your team in prayer. Bathe your ministry in prayer and prepare for the enemy. For when he shows up, you will not be caught unaware or surprised. You will have the spiritual spitharinctum to say to him, you came to destroy, to lie, to take away, and to close down. But in the name of Jesus, his blood has covered us. We are not backing up or giving up until we go up and you tell the devil where he needs to go and that is right straight to hell. Amen. Amen. You and I have the greater power than the power of darkness. We know the kingdom of light will overcome the kingdom of darkness. Do you know how many ministers are leaving the ministry today? Every minute. More than you and I, it's frightening. Do you know why? Out of discouragement, out of progress that can't seem to be made because the energy or the enemy tries to throttle them. But I got to tell you something. There is a remnant, hallelujah. There is a remnant that says, get me under the anointing once again. Rebaptize me with that call of God and watch me when I get out and honor God. And I want you to know God is using many young ministers today and older ministers like never before. Sharon and I in our change going into the district office. We didn't have a house. We didn't have any money. But now we're in the district office serving, served there for seven and a half years. What that means is we were development director, Christian education director, estate planning director, 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 which meant that I traveled 30 plus thousand miles a year in a vehicle. Up and down, I'd preach two and three times on Sunday. Sharon and them would be with me. We drove through drive-throughs. We backed through drive-throughs. We got tired of the order not being right. Mostly at McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, etc. Our kids hated Golden Corral. Every preacher that we would go to on Sunday, oh, Brother Mike, we're going to take you to Golden Corral. Our three kids, Tim, Sherry, and Lori would say, Dad, we don't want to eat at Golden Corral anymore. I thought, what's wrong with you kids? They're doing the best that they can do. Yeah, but we don't want it anymore, Dad. We're, we're sick and tired of it. I won't ever forget old Bill Still down in Sarasota. He said, Pastor, we've got a great place that we're going to take you today and your children. We are waiting for him to say Golden Corral. He said, we're going to go to King Kong, Chinese restaurant. My kids looked at one another and said, oh God, that's worse than that. They never had Chinese food, never had sushi in their life. Dad, what are you doing? Trying to kill us. 
I've been in the district office away from the church now about a month. The Lord spoke. I don't use that lightly, but hey, look at the newspaper. I checked the newspaper, checked the real estate magazine. I had it all. Some of you have heard the story, some that haven't. For those who haven't, listen carefully. Those who have, act like you've never heard it. Say amen. amen. I got before the district staff of most I did not know. I was new. Sharon and I were there for prayer. I had the newspaper. I said, today we're going to find our house. I'm declaring to you that before we come back to this office, we will have a house. Let's go, Sharon. Load up. We took off. The one I really wanted to look at, I, I couldn't find. Some way or another, God took the address and a liberate just blew it away. I thought, I'm sick and tired of this. Sharon says, why don't you stop and ask somebody? I thought. <laughs> but I'll stop at this real estate office, of which I've never been in in my life. I went in. I said, I'm, I'm looking for this address. Somebody's standing there all of a sudden. Lady came out of the Well, hi, pastor. She actually went to our church. I thought, how are you? I didn't know you worked here. Well, I've been working here for years. What are you doing, pastor? Are you looking for a house? Yeah. She said, I have your house just like that. I have your house. I thought, well, Sharon's in the car. She'll say whether or not you have our house or not. What you got one that's on the wrong side of the tracks and nobody else would live in? She said, I have your house. Just follow me. I got in the car, Sharon said, what are we doing? I said, we're going to follow her. She has your house. Well, what color's the carpet? I don't know. How many bedrooms is it? I'm not sure. Where is it located? We'll find out. Well, is it used? I don't know but we're going to follow her. She says she's found your house. We drove in a new neighborhood, Green Tree, 540, South Lakeland, middle of the cul-de-sac, was a brand new home that had been there for six months, built by, by the contractor as a, as a, whatever you call it, a model. She, she had it on the market for about a month. Nobody had even looked at it. We drove into the double car garage. It's right in the middle of the cul-de-sac. We had a doctor on the right and a brewmaster on the left, which meant if the doctor couldn't cure you, the brewmaster would get you drunk enough. It didn't matter. And I'm the preacher right smack in the center. We went in. Sharon couldn't be more pleased. Wow, we realized that God had spoken and God had preserved that place. She said, Pastor, God saved this for you. Amen. God said, I heard you when you prayed months ago that you're going to need a house. What'd you do for the down payment? Hey, God does all things well. Right. See, the down payment didn't come from the church, didn't come from church people. The down payment come from an unsaved friend. It pays to have unsaved friends. They have money. Do you know why? They haven't paid their tithe. It's still there. <laughs> that money belongs to the Lord. Anyway, we worked it out. What am, I, what, am I, what am I trying to tell you? I want you to leave here today mad at somebody. I want you to leave here mad at the power of darkness that's lied to you enough. And I want you to let the Holy Spirit lift you up in the name of Jesus Christ and stand you up and say, now here's your marching orders. Get out there. But Pastor, I've hit that wall. Hit it again one more time. You will burst through it this time. Almost said bust through it. That'd be yard talk.
And that's the way that worked. Won't you stand to your feet? The last point is God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's right there. Read it with me. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. You know what God's problem with us is? We wait until he's the last one we lean on. But here's what he said and what he really is saying. I can do more with you if you'd swallow your pride. I had a lady at the end of the second service that caught me in the hallway. Well-groomed lady. I want you to know the message spoke directly to me, Pastor. It just was unbelievable. It touched me so much. It touched me so much. I said, did you come down to the altar when it was on? No. I thought, well, you think you got what you needed, but you didn't because you weren't willing to do it God's way and believe. See, you can't tell like Gary. Gary said, this is how I want to get filled. Gary thought he had it all down. God had a different plan. The young lady, she had no idea. She just knew she was miserable and beaten and abused. And God said, hey, preacher, this is what's going to happen. I'm, I'm trying to share with you. There is power in this house right now enough to heal, to, to listen, to take away the temptation of fear, to take it out. What else is going to happen? And you wait, something else, nothing else is going to happen. God has touched you and healed you. Well, God, I, I've been praying for a mate. God, what about, what about that? You know, the Lord said, if I answered that prayer now, you get the wrong mate. Why don't you wait around till I get the right mate and send that? For I want you to know the rest of your life with the right mate will cause you to look back and say, thank God you didn't answer that prayer. You get ready. We're going to sing this song. And if Holy Spirit pulls on you, say, God, I'm coming. I'm going to believe God. I'm trusting you in Jesus' name. God will lift you up. So here we go. We're going to sing. You slip into this altar and let God touch you as you exercise your faith right now. Let's do it together. Here we go, everybody, right now. Don't wait, friend. From the floor to the balcony, slip down here. All you leadership, you help us, please. Amen. Everybody, your leadership, join us. If you're in a small group leader, come on down. Help us pray. You are here. You are here. Go down and pray. They'll lead. Okay, y'all lead. He's gonna pray.
Let's worship out there. Let's lift our hands and just worship. Pray that a covering over this altar. In Jesus' name. Father, we stretch our hands in this direction. We declare healing. We declare deliverance. We declare a new, fresh anointing in the name of the Lord. God, in your holy name, in the name of Jesus, not by might or power, but by your spirit, we praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Standing on holy ground. You know that? Standing on holy ground. Here we go. You ready? raise our hands, pick it up a little bit, here we go. Father, I pray now that you would inundate us with your anointing today. I know this message has been a bit direct and different, but sometimes, Lord, we have to upset the status quo that we can leave and so what a, what a sweet message. Today's been one of those days that reminds us of the authority that we have in the name of Jesus Christ that we don't have to let the devil shove stuff down our throat. We have the power to lift up the name of Jesus, to sing a song in the middle of the jail cell. God, to be able to walk on the water and know that you will protect us and guide us. Now minister and build up our faith as we build up our praise, God, so that every need will be met and we'll give you praise and honor. In Christ's name, amen. Tonight, hear the Spirit, and then right after service, strawberry shortcake. Turn to your neighbor and say, God bless you, and thanks for being here today, everybody.